Greetings, Hempster. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio, where we focus on what's most important. Today's hemp episode is content marketing for hemp entrepreneurs and companies. And if you have a hemp company and you need help getting more traffic or sales, or if you're wanting to redesign your website or you know, redesign your brand, and especially if you're wanting to attract those ideal customers and walk them through your your sales process. We'd love to talk. Just visit hempaware.com and uh, we can help get your sales funnels set up, uh, SEO strategy and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So anyway, I'm thankful and excited to dive into today's show as this topic is one of the most valuable ways to attract your ideal customers and delight them over and over. One of the biggest things we focus on here at Hempaware are free methods of marketing. And as you know, a lot of hemp and cannabis companies struggle with uh, paid media and, and paid ways of getting customers. So it's always good to have a solid foundation of, of free organic methods of, of marketing and, and generating traffic and sales to your hemp products and, and campaigns. And so uh, to help me share this valuable method uh, is a company based out of the UK, the United Kingdom, Britain, as they say, um, they actually specialize in content creation for hemp companies, and they've established uh, their position in the industry as you know one of the top content creation outlets. And so I'm really excited to talk to Thermidor. The website's Thermidor, T-H-E-R-M-I-D-O-R dot W-T-F. And what they do is help hemp cannabis companies create content that essentially cuts through the noise and adds tremendous value to their visitors and, and prospects and customers that are coming to your website. So in a hemp nutshell, Thermidor is a content-led creative agency whose aim is to create intelligent conversations through cannabis content. And they also aim to challenge social stigmas and make cannabis mainstream and celebrate cannabis culture. So thank you so much for being on today's show uh, Dave and Jamie with Thermidor. Uh, appreciate your guys' presence and look forward to the conversation. Thank you very much, sir. I feel that's a very generous in, intro. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? That, yeah, that, that, that was feels, great. That, that, I mean, it's it's lovely to hear someone else say. Absolutely. You know, say what we kind of <laughs> preach a lot. It's nice to hear someone else say it. And yeah, it felt very grand. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Cool, cool, we cool. Uh, strive to, you know, reflect the things that are working and, and really support uh, our listeners, the hemp entrepreneurs of the world. And so um, appreciate you being here and yeah, give us a little bit of background. Maybe um, Jamie, if you want to start, like what is your kind of area of expertise? I know you're, you're an expert marketer and you were led to cannabis at one point. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey in the hemp nutshell. Oh, Okay, I'll go try and sum it up, haven't I? That's always a challenge. But no, I uh, yeah, my background is, uh, well, I started out operations and I moved over to marketing after not too much time and then kind of transitioned to commercial. Um, pretty much worked just in B2B environments. And Dave and myself, we've known each other for about four years. And we started working together. Dave has another agency dedicated to uh, content for tech and kind of got involved working with him and doing copywriting and trying to help out brands in lots of different ways you know, with kind of creative content, not just the copy. And then slowly but surely, Thermidor sort of developed. David had been working on it before I sort of had involvement in it. And 
uh, we saw an opportunity to be able to ha- kind of help each other with it and work on it together. It's both something we're passionate about. We're both passionate about cannabis. You know, hemp is a part of that, but cannabis in broad sense, we think it mm-hmm. has a lot of benefits for a lot of different people. And the fact that there are a lot of therapeutic benefits, whether or not you're talk- whatever kind of market you're talking about. And in the case of hemp, it's yeah, therapeutic for the planet in a lot of instances. So I suppose that's mm-hmm. our angle. We're, we're very keen to try and tear down some of those stigmas as you mentioned and get people just talking about it more you know not everyone is necessarily going to like it not everyone's going to love it but i think if we keep things in the shadows it it makes them a a lot more difficult to bridge as topics and and to evolve them as an industry it's never dull that's the thing it's never dull always something interesting going on always some big question around what's happening there or you know so we can do that here but not over there uh you know when the global markets and things how things are evolving in the us and in europe and elsewhere it's just a you know it's <laughs> always mm-hmm. something uh, to keep us on your toes you know what i mean absolutely yeah so it's an exciting industry and and thank you for sharing that jamie dave what what's a little bit expand on your background and kind of what inspired yeah. you hemp cannabis well i think I think in a nutshell, I mean, you know, I hit 40 and sort of started questioning what was kind of missing from my life. And uh, I think lo and behold, mm-hmm. it was it was in broader terms, uh, sort of cannabis, really. Um, I mean, as Jamie said, very passionate about the plants, always enjoyed it, you know, in uh, just kind of seeing what was happening in, you know, particularly in the US and Canada and seeing how, you know, wow, it's actually kind of recreationally legal and medical legal. What's medical legal? And I think, you know, I just started exploring it more and more. And again, it was trying to put the skill set that that I have into something, you know, around cannabis, basically. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. writing probably for more years than I care to remember, more like 17 or something like that. I started out on B2B PR and mm-hmm. I went freelance and started this other agency that I work on, sort of tech focused probably around uh, five, six years ago now. And just sort of things sort of built up from there, really. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been working with Jamie and with a few others and, you know, we had a kind of good thing going on and I kind of thought, okay, right, I'll start to look and see how we can kind of move into the sort of, you know, the burgeoning cannabis space. And uh, mm-hmm. it turns out Jamie's just as uh, passionate about it as I am. And I think that that was really the impetus. It was kind of like, you know, doing more and more. And it was like, oh, hey, we should probably do this as like a, a partnership. And, uh, you know, I think we have very complementary skills. I think Jamie was there being very, uh, well, he was, he's, he's a real uh, jack of all trades. I think he's pretty much good at anything he can turn his hand to. And, you know, I'm just a sort of crazy old man sort of sat in the ivory <laughs> tower sort of coming up with ideas. So, well, you, you guys know, have, a, of, you know, yeah. a very clean way of, of presenting yourselves. And, you know, you, you definitely, I can tell, come from a professional background. So you've, you've honed your, your skills and, um, but also have a, a wide understanding what it be means to be an entrepreneur um and so you know you guys have niched down into specifically serving cannabis companies in the topic of content creation which you know there's plenty of cannabis and hemp companies that need content because that's sort of the bread and butter of organic search and mm -hmm. It is. It's really interesting. And then again, you know, you look at all the kind of, I think for me, it's sort of the, the idea of like, we can't advertise it or there's kind of restrictions around what you can and what you can't do. And I was thinking, well, you know, there's, there's a kind of, again, like you're saying that there's the stigma aspect and then it's kind of like, well, there's a challenging bit. Okay. What can we do? How, how much can we push up against the boundaries of uh, 
of what is permissible from a kind of marketing perspective you know how can you mm-hmm. know and just kind of thinking trying to think around those ideas and i think mm-hmm. that's where you know content really has a part to play i mean you know you only yeah, have to go creative. on different mm-hmm. the social channels and seeing you know different videos and how people are doing stuff like that and you know blogs and you know just i think we started out just kind of creating the content that we wanted to see you know when it to be fun as well as engaging as well as kind of you know informative and I think that's mm-hmm. what, you know, we're trying to do with uh, both Thermidor and our own podcast, the, uh, you know, the Lobster Pop, and just talk to people and learn stuff. And, you know, just like, like I say, just do what we would like to do. And, you know, hopefully, and we're starting to see it, people will, will pay us to do something similar for them as well. Because I think, uh, mm-hmm. it's an, you know, there's no shortage of things to talk about when it comes to, to cannabis and hemp. Yeah, and I think it's important to present that information in a digestible way. And, and sounds like you guys are uh, good listeners, you know, like get, get the boiling pot going and, and really understand your, your clients. Um, so as far as, you know, starting the temp venture or cannabis venture, what would you say are, are some of the biggest challenges that you've dealt with or that you've seen some of your clients facing, you know, in this industry? I think when it comes to creating the content, the clients struggle with the things you mentioned, you know, right at the top, those social media is such a, a huge part of marketing in, in the modern world that not being able to have the same kind of level of, of access or the the same ability to lean on it as you can in other industries is a real challenge for, for clients. I suppose from, from our perspective as a, as a creative or content creative, a creative content agency sorry uh, the thing that's difficult for us at the moment is the fact that the market is so burgeoning in europe which obviously is where we're based uh, in, the, in the uk mm-hmm. and that means that uh, at the moment it's very nascent so there aren't that many players whereas obviously as in north america it's considerably more sort of mature it's like at that kind of adolescent stage or early adolescence i would say and that which means is that ironic yeah i don't mean to cut you off jamie but i no. mean i remember you know, when hemp was illegal, cannabis was illegal back in 2005, and I had the opportunity to travel to England and, you know, Germany, Spain, Netherlands, France, and all that. And I was finding hemp in stores and, um, you know, museums, going to, you know, the Hans House and the Cannabis College of Amsterdam and, like, all these hemp and cannabis-related uh, outlets and uh, it totally inspired me to, to bring it back to the States. But, you know, you're right. Like since 2018, the, the um, onslaught and, and burgeoning of, of, of hemp companies starting in the States has, you know, blossomed to say the least. But I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to mention that, you know, it's kind of coming full circle. No, absolutely. I mean, with, with I suppose with particular focus on hemp, because hemp has its own kind of branding challenge as it's cannabis, but it isn't. If, if mm-hmm. put it in a, a really kind of basic way, it is cannabis, but it isn't as far as hemp companies are concerned and as, as far as they want to be seen because it's mm-hmm. predominantly being used in an industrial capacity, whether or not it's, you know, in, in uh, building or in textiles, whatever you're using it for. And mm-hmm. but, but, but because of the regulations surrounding cannabis as a plant are a lot more lenient in certain states within the US and other parts of the world outside of Europe, it, it means that investment and money flowing into it as an industry is a lot more prevalent. And what that's mm-hmm. al- allowed 
essentially the industry to do is develop all the different parts of it. The thing that we really have a problem with in the UK is that we don't have enough processing areas for hemp. And there, it's a real chicken and egg thing. You know, no one wants to grow hemp because there's nowhere to process it. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's trying to figure out that balance. So that's kind of where we are in, in, in I suppose, terms of us as an agency and what we've seen from clients. It, there's a there's mm-hmm. a lag here, and I think it's, it is changing, but it does need that kind of investment in, into infrastructure to make it to make it happen. Indeed, I totally agree. Did you have any thoughts on that, Dave? As far as some of the, the biggest challenges or struggles? I think I think, I think you know, as 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 Jamie sort of said, really, it, it's just kind of trying to figure out. I think there's a lot of people in in the crust of the business, you know, trying to sort of. I mean, we're in, a, for example, we were in um, Germany in uh, ICBC Berlin back in July was it July yeah I think it was and and again there was a lot of people from the US kind of you know you know sort of sniffing around thinking okay Germany's going to go recreational legal soon what does that mean there's no kind of but again it's interesting there's no kind of precedent set here in Germany there's no kind of sort of great I mean there's obviously a medical market I think over there but again it Mm -hmm. gets the sense that you know companies that are kind of coming online for recreational in particular I think because that feels like a it feels like it's kind of more of an industry that, you know, other companies can embrace. It feels like, you know, you're basically having to start something from scratch. And that's really mm-hmm. interesting. And I think, again, priorities of a lot of companies who are sort of, you know, there's different priorities, marketing or content marketing in particular is, well, you know, arguably, I think it should be kind of one of the sort of things, you know, to help build that brand. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's navigating all of the other complexities, you know, the compliance, the legality and things like that and what you can and can't do and kind of adhering to different rules and like what percentage of THC can you have if you're importing, you know, from different countries or can you import? You have to kind of grow it. I mean, you know, again, they've re- released mm-hmm. a, a sort of dossier this week talking about what will happen in Germany. There was a kind of that leak earlier. So it was last week, actually, wasn't it? It's, uh, another talking about okay well the, you know this is what could happen and it's you know the real sense of well nobody really knows until it's a thing and i think mm-hmm. we still don't know to what extent certain european countries you know recreational sort of cannabis is going to be a thing and i think for us you know and it's good to see that you know hemp sort of leads the way medical cannabis mm-hmm. kind of the way i think i keep reading lots of stuff on linkedin people talking about this kind of trojan horse effect and you know it's coming yeah. in with medical but sort of waiting for the moment to strike to kind of into the much more yeah right yeah and yeah. i think i think again it's that uncertainty isn't it and it's kind of dealing with that mm. uncertainty and you know what should you do to get that kind of first mover advantage i think that's what a lot of yeah. companies i would i well that's the sense i get are sort of struggling with in some respects but it's, uh, well, it's an interesting challenge yeah agree you're you're you know methodology for content creation and what you mentioned jim you know about this bottlenecking of, of certain abilities to grow in these niches that, you know, cannabis hemp is forcing companies to be more grassroots about their marketing approach. And so content creation is is a solid backbone um, to, to, you know, supplying leads and generating quality content to to apply along that entire buying journey of of their customers. Um, So when it comes to creating content, what would you say are, you know, most hemp companies are doing wrong, like when it when it comes to actually creating content for their brands or for their website, if it's a blog post or maybe social media, what, 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 like a pointer that you can help them with. 
Yeah, sure. I, I I wouldn't necessarily put it down as something wrong, but I think something there's always an opportunity to improve at that people mm-hmm. do uh, to differing degrees, and, and people who aren't doing it definitely should be is involving people that you work with. So having a, a community, not necessarily community focused, but either be it suppliers or customers or people that you know in the industry, involve them in the work that you're doing. So write mm-hmm. pieces about them or write pieces that match them and you know tag them in them. And, and that's where mm-hmm. you can almost leverage, certainly if you look at LinkedIn as a platform, you can leverage the fact that it's a professional services platform effectively. And you don't really have to be talking about hemp you know, uh, overtly or cannabis, although it seems to do okay on. Yeah, it's very cannabis friendly, actually. It is, um, but it, you can you can go on there and you can start building out a network and you can start building out a community of people who are going to be uh, responsive to that content or at least engaged by it. You know, if it, if it sparks yeah. discussion or anything like that, and what 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 that can create is relationships down the road where people are aware that you have an awareness of stuff and they might want to involve you professionally in helping them or perhaps they have an event and they'd like you to speak or they want advice on something and i think trying to reach out and connect and slowly build out that network is is probably one of the things that companies can do best and and that not every company does do i totally agree word of mouth is so underestimated and yeah i totally agree with what you said dave did you have a thought on that as well no, I, I think, I mean, what Jamie says is, you know, bang on the money. I think it's a really, okay, I, I would say more companies just need to kind of do stuff. You know, I think that's the thing. And just kind of thinking outside the box a bit more. And it's like, you know, I think mm-hmm. we've, well, we've, we've written a few blog posts recently talking about, well, what can you do? You know, there might be all these restrictions, but, you know, it's like you see on Facebook, you see all these kind of videos of people just kind of doing Stuff, you know, or they might be showcasing like a process that they're doing in the factory. Why not use that opportunity of processing hemp or something like that to show people how it's done? You know, it kind of engages mm-hmm. people and it might seem those kind of little aspects might seem, you know, oh, that's just something we do every day. That's part of our job. But, you know, why mm-hmm. not include those sort of things? Why not showcase what you're doing? Give people, you know, sort of open up what you're doing to the world and mm-hmm. kind of use that as an advantage. You know, it's, it's easy to take for granted when you're in something that the rest of the world's going to sort of either understand it innately or not find it interesting. But, you know, I would argue yeah. the contrary. I think there's plenty of opportunities for content creation. And I think it's the case of, well, just start doing something. And, you know, as Jamie mm-hmm. said, you know, the the impact might not be immediate, but it's that kind of slow build, you know, it's a slow burn for one of mm-hmm. them. Uh, no pun, in, well, pun fully intended, actually. <laughs> but it comes to cannabis. I think, and I, yeah. think I mean, I've been in sort of B2B content marketing for, you know, however many years. And, you know, it's really a case of what you hear a lot is that you, you need to have about seven different brand engagements from a kind of customer before they sort of consider buying from you. Because I guess mm-hmm. even they're talking about like a SaaS platform or something, for example, you're not selling like a, a chocolate bar, you know, they're going to spend a fair amount of money, the customer with your mm-hmm. business. And they need to be assured that you know what you're doing, that you know what you're talking about. They want to see evidence that you're actual people or that, you know, you have mastery mm-hmm. of some sort of a process or whatever it might be. And I think people just need to, or people in, in hemp and cannabis and any industry really, need to kind of use that to their advantage and go, well, let's just start talking about what we know best. And, you, yeah. know, you know, and that sets a precedent for, you know, convincing others that, you know, they do know what they're talking about. They are experts and, 
not to be afraid to show that. that. You know, I think that. So yeah, number one, really going to help shake things out. Exactly. So involve others, engage them, tag them, create content with them, kind of involve your customers if you can. You know, having them send pictures using your product if you can, and collaborating on the content creation. Uh, LinkedIn, you mentioned, is a Canada-friendly platform, which is good to know. Um, and really, this is about creating long-term relationships. So, you know, just involving people in that process, you know, and doing that more often, they'll remember you at a future time, if, whether it's they need advice or they're, you know, you're doing an event and they hear about it. Or, um, And then lastly, you said documenting. If, if maybe you don't have customer spotlight or, you know, testimonials, you can... Mm do uh documenting your process showing people how you make your product and just getting them involved you know letting them ask questions and and um and documenting your process and your product so i appreciate those um, tips that's really helpful um so what would you say are, are some of the best forms of content for hemp companies and cannabis companies like what, is it social posts is it podcasts is it blogs i think there's there's a differing, um, as they said, they, they very rightly pointed out the fact that it's it's a slow burn. You know, content, SEO, these things are all all things that take time to build, and they will build if you're consistent with them. That's really the the key thing. When it comes to differing forms of content, you're going to get differing levels of engagement on different things. So if you put up a 30 second video that looks a lot more interesting on the surface than maybe a you know, 4,000 word industry investigation, you're probably going to get more traction on it in the short term because it's something that people can engage with very quickly as they're going about their day. You know, it's not going to take up a lot of their time to kind of digest it. But Mm -hmm. equally, if you want to create, as they said, the content you kind of want to see or or to demonstrate your ability or, or your expertise, then you need to create content that is true to what you're trying to do. So it wouldn't really make sense for, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. If you had a, a hemp processing business somewhere, you know, a hemp processing plant, you know, they weren't growing, but they were bringing material in, processing it, and then sending out, it wouldn't make a huge amount of sense for them to roll, I don't know, kind of like stock footage and look maybe like everyone else. Like it would make sense mm-hmm. for them to try and differentiate themselves in some way and not veer away from social media platforms that maybe they think aren't right for them. So if you look at TikTok, it's now pretty much ubiquitous as a platform. Mm -hmm. Those sorts of companies can dive on there and immediately get traction because there aren't a lot of other companies in their position doing it because they don't feel Mm -hmm. like, oh, we're B2B, we're industrial. This problem is actually not the case at all. There really is a space for those businesses on those platforms. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not shying away from the options that you do have and the things you can use, especially with the limitations surrounding cannabis and just mm-hmm. using them to your advantage, really. Yeah, no, so well, I, I would sort of, I would sort of second that, if, if I may. I think, again, I think a lot of, when it comes to kind of sort of disciplines and sort of marketing, et cetera, it's all about understanding your customer, what's gonna, you know, move the needle, what's gonna get them interested, what's gonna engage them and what's important to them. And I think when you're putting together content, written content or video or whatever, it's understanding, you know, what problems do your ideal customers face? You know, what can you, and how can you present yourself as the solution, but at the same time as putting them front and center. And I think that is something that can inform a broader sort of strategy. 
So again, the content becomes the, the way of presenting your brand, but at the same time, it needs to be related to something that is important to your target customers. Um, so it's thinking around, okay, well, you know, we're a content marketing agency specializing in cannabis. Who do you want to serve? Who want to serve, you know, companies right across the sort of cannabis spectrum. We did a campaign recently trying to target sort of tech focused companies in the cannabis space. Cause obviously that's something we've done a lot of, you know, well, tech itself. So it's like, how do we showcase what we're doing? And then I think our approach was, well, let's, you know, demonstrate that we know what we're talking about and that we understand the pain points of companies like this. And, mm -hmm. you know, but let's make it fun. Let's do something slightly different as well. So we created like a crazy little 30 second video that, you know, we used a, a voiceover guy who's quite well known here in the UK. And we just kind of put a bunch of gifts together. And, uh, you know, it was, a, I think it's just a fun sort of thing. But again, it was thinking about the strategy there was, you know, it was a landing page, it was an email campaign to sort of point people to the landing page, thinking about, well, we want the site and get a feel for what, you know, once they're there. So I think, again, it's about that sort of strategy that balances what you want to be known as as a company and what mm -hmm. your customers will need from you. And I think, again, it's, mm -hmm. it's an interesting, it's an interesting balance and there's a lot of refinement in those sort of processes. And I think that's why a lot of people are looking at statistics, data, open rates and things like that, which is important. But at the same time, it's thinking about, well, if you do want to stand out, you've got to do something different. And yeah, yeah I'm I've, very much a proponent of that <laughs> school of thought. Yeah. It's like that Vesica Pisces, um, you know, that overlapping the Venn diagram, you know, like what, what are the problems and challenges and worries and struggles of your ideal customers? And what is that overlap of your expertise, talents, resources, and abilities as, as a service, as a company or a product? And that's, you know, the, the kind of harmony of, of what branding is. It's, it's what your customers think about you and experience about you as well as what you think about your yourself. And, and so, um, you know, what you're saying is completely um, on point. And, and I think it segues actually right into my next question, which was, you know, how do you guys differentiate yourselves from other agencies that are offering similar services? And I think David did a good job of explaining that essentially just a moment ago and, you know, being really thinking outside of the box and really understanding your customer and what's important to them and, and using language that engages and draws them into an experience. And um, I think you guys are off to a really great start. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of need for this. I, I think it's an essential um, marketing strategy for any cannabis company. Um, but yeah, did you want to add anything else on there as far as like differentiation or, you know, uniquely positioning yourself in the market as a company, either one of you? I think, I uh, think as a, yeah. as a brand, Thermidor is, is pretty out there for want of a better word. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's, it's quite, it's quite funky. It's quite, it's very different to a lot of the other people that we see. But I think more than it just being different for the sake of it, it does actually speak a lot to the sort of Dave and Miser approach and, and I suppose viewpoint and the way we like to work. So when we actually are dealing with people, we deal with them in a similar tone that you'll see in the way we communicate online. And I think that's a big part mm -hmm. of it is the fact that we're, we're actually true to what we're saying. You know, we're not pretending to be all zany and random and weird for the sake of it. We are a bit yeah, odd, totally both of us, <laughs> in, you know, <laughs> in, in, in I think a good way, I hope a good way. It's definitely an honest thing. You know, people, it'll be very clear very quickly that we're not sort of i suppose your, your run-of-the-mill 
dull churn out articles kind of agency if if, mm-hmm. if that's what you're thinking from the start so i think what we've tried to do is create an image and continue strengthening that image in i suppose in mirroring the way we want to be perceived and the way we feel we are mm-hmm. yeah okay. no big time i i think so i think that's really no i mean i think well jamie's absolutely right I think it's a case of, well, you know, you've got to kind of draw your line in the sand somewhere and say, okay, this is who we want to be. This is who we want to serve. And, you know, let's see if, you know, if there's a need for it. But I think at the same time, it's it's really a case of, well, you know, this industry, you know, the plant itself, it does so many amazing things, but it's also fun. And let's try and infuse some of that and get that balance of the fun with the kind of seriousness as in the impact of it. And I was, Mm -hmm. you know, from having done B2B stuff, I always think, you know, similar rule applies in kind of B2B content as well. And, you know, B2B doesn't mean boring to bullshit, you know, <laughs> you know, it, we can learn a lot from how, you know, B2C brands present themselves, you know, like the you know, consumer brands and things like that. And yeah, because B2B need a, is we need a body flavor to body. It's a person to person experience. Yeah, it's about the, the overall tone and, yeah, where you're, you're coming from and your overall unique, uh, you know, perspective that you offer so um yeah i appreciate that and the industry is growing and and more and more companies are are going to be needing this type of service um would you say overall the industry is getting easier to market in you know cannabis and hemp or do you find it being more restrictive or like which direction do you guys feel it's going i realize that's speculative but obviously content creation is essential whichever direction it's going uh but what is your opinion on that i think that there's there there is increasing leniency just because that's the way that the law is developing in pretty much all parts of the world but i think also the thing that becomes easier is everything that has existed becomes a known quantity to an extent and there isn't when you know if you look at the start of the kind of cannabis industry in in north america it was the wild west you know it's a very very fluid situation whereas now we're at a point where lots of things are known and because they're known they become standardized which make them quicker to execute and Mm -hmm. a good example of that is social media knowing where the friendly platforms are knowing what you can and can't say yes there are still bans that come out of nowhere things like that but there there are starting to be some kind of rules and and a visible framework and that just makes operating in the space easier both for clients in what they want to achieve but also for agencies in what they want to deliver so I would mm-hmm. say it's getting easier from from the fact that it has been done more and there is a growing market and the fact that there is a growing market because laws are becoming more lenient and, and, and more liberal and progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave? Yeah, I think I think Jamie's right. I think also what I think we need to do as, as an industry is kind of push up against those rules. And I think I mentioned that earlier. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. what can we do? You know, what's permissible? You know, I mean, I was talking recently, someone was talking about, you know, people use the broccoli emoji as the kind of metaphor for cannabis and kind of, you know, emoji parlance, what you want to call it. And that seems to be, but someone was calling out saying, why can't we just talk, let's talk openly about being cannabis and, you know, because it's authentic. And I think there's lots of debate around what you can and can't do and, you know, what's the miss, but but why not? Why not just try something out and see see if it works, you know, see. I think what was it happened recently was it cookies did a bigger uh, mural in one of the New York stores or something like that. And it was mm. like, well, you know, you can't advertise cannabis like that. And it's like, well, no, we've just got a store that sells these things that you're, you know, or sells, you know, 
CBD products or something like that. We're not sort of flagrantly advertising cannabis. It's like, ah, okay, well, that's the smart thing to do, actually. You know, test Mm -hmm. test the waters, push the boundaries. And, you know, learn how to cover your backside if you need to. But at the same time, why not just go out there and say, well, we're not actually doing anything wrong. We're just, you know, being creative around the rules. And I think that's where a lot of creativity shines, actually. You know, having these kind of weird restrictions to kind of navigate and say, well, it gives you something to kind of push up against or, you know, sandbox to play in, doesn't it? It gives you those parameters. It doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to be like, you know, the weirdest thing ever. It's like, well, what can we get away with? And I think Mm -hmm. that's, uh, and I think there's quite, you know, again, the cannabis hemp sector is, well, there's a lot of rebels, aren't there, actually? (laughs) I'm sure people aren't afraid to make a stand on things. And I think, yeah, harness some of that. And that's why that would be my thing to say to to companies, harness some of that Mm -hmm. and just don't be afraid to kind of go out there and just go, well, you know, this is us, this is what we think. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think think that's an interesting way to do, to look at things. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, and I definitely think that um, the industry is becoming more lenient and more friendly and more platforms are, uh, you know, accepting hemp and cannabis as what it is, this, you know, true gift of life that can provide our food, shelter, clothing, energy, plastics, fuel, medicine, and 25,000 other things. So, like you can't hide that for too long in a world that's completely connected like this. You know, they, they, there's still those uh, in sectors that are still trying to outlaw and banish and ban and, you know, destroy and get rid of cannabis and hemp. Uh, but more and more people are coming, becoming aware of the truth of what, what this plant is capable of, of providing humanity. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's it's super essential. Content is king, as they say, in you know the digital marketing world. Um, but I am curious, as a, a sort of side note, so your website ends with .wtf. Uh, I have not seen that before. Can you explain that? Should I take this one? Go for it, Dave. Go for it. <laughs> I think. Well, again, our sister company is TBC WTF, and again. The the whole idea was, you know, trying to have something again that was memorable, that was stood out, that people would question. So the fact that you're questioning it is evidence enough that you know people go, can you do that? Does that exist? Is that a thing? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> and it's a, you mm-hmm. know, and again, it, I think it fits with the kind of, uh, you know, again, I was looking, well, you know, trying to set something up. What do uh, you know? What could we use? What you know? Because the whole load of kind of like you know domain kind of endings that seem to have sort of blossomed. There's lots of random ones. And I just thought this was a cool one. And again, because how many people are using it, there's more just single words available. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize WTF was an option. Is it literally short for the vulgar expression? I believe so. I believe so, I guess. But but again, you know, have this ambiguity. What what could it mean, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Well, how how can our listeners find out more about you guys and engage with your company or brand? Like, what would you uh, suggest they do to follow you and get in touch with you? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, they can head to the site, thermodod.wtf. We have a podcast that's available on a bunch of different platforms, probably ones that they listen to. Uh, The podcast is called The Lobster Pot. Uh, we do a news roundup every week. We do sort of thought leadership or at least attempt to be thought leadership pieces uh, <laughs> surrounding <laughs> cannabis and, and brand and content creativity. And we do all that on LinkedIn. So we're in all the kind of places you'd expect to find us. So please reach out. 
Right on. That's Thermidor. Dave and Jamie, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Are there any uh, final thoughts or if, um, you know, if if there was one big clue or hint or tip that you can leave with the, all the hemp entrepreneurs out there, what would that be? Just start doing stuff. Don't think about it for too long. Yep. Absolutely. Just go out there, make a noise, and, you know, people will listen. Mm, right time. on. Yeah. Well, thank you for your uh, wisdom and knowledge and sharing, and I look forward to continuing our relationship and, and working with you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hemp Aware Radio. This is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, here to empower your hemposphere because it's important. Check him out, thermidor.wtf. Thanks again for being on the show, guys. Have a great day. Thank you for having us. It was great. All right. Thank you. Peace Cheers. out, everyone. Thanks. All right, best.